This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Now, we're going to, we are making a turn. And I want you to know, we are, we are, we're making a turn, and, but we're still talking about preparation. God is still preparing. Something else is coming. Keep that in the forefront of your mind. Something else is coming. It's already born. Remember, God said it's already raining. It's already raining. The rain is already started. So we already know something is coming. And God is saying, I'll give you and allot you a span of time to get everything in order so that when this happens, you will be prepared. And everything that we're teaching, I don't want you to get your head off like we're just teaching on one specific subject and jump into another. It's all around preparation. And God wants you to be prepared in the whole of your life. In the whole of your life. Especially in this time, in this season, and where we are. Amen. Now, I want you to understand this before I dove into what I'm going to be talking about this one. I want you to, I want you to understand this. I want you to get this down because it's very important. When you are immature, because see, we're teaching different things and if you're not mature enough to grab it, if you are immature, you will never realize how immature you are until God matures you. Did you hear me? But until he does, you'll still think that you're mature. But once God matures you, you will say, you know what, I was very immature. So if you have not yet said that, you're not mature yet. I said an immature person will never ever Understand or never ever know or realize that they are immature until God matures you. And He's going to mature you by the Word. And as you grow and develop, you'll be like, oh my God, how immature was I? You'll find out then. But this morning, I'm going to deal with a subject that's very dear to my heart. And God placed it, um, in my spirit because of where he's going and what's about to happen and what's going on in this uh, system that we're in. And it, it, it's, it's all wrapped up in we must not be deceived. So we're going to deal with deception today and being able to recognize deception. Because most of the time we cannot recognize deception. If you look at the Bible closely... In the New Testament, beginning from Matthew, Matthew all the way to the book of Revelation, the most discussed subject in there throughout the New Testament is deception. Check it out and read the New Testament and you'll see. The most discussed subject is deception. It's deception, it's false teachers, it's false prophets, all in, and it's all in the books in the New Testament. All of the New Testament is talking about it for a reason. As a matter of fact, in my time of study and investigating, I found out out of all of the books in the New Testament, there is only one book that does not talk about deception. And that's the book of Philemon. 
All of the other books talk about deception. It is discussed thoroughly. The whole of the New Testament. Again, I want you to read it thoroughly. And you'll see. And you'll say, you know what? Just read now all through this. Yes, it is about the most thing that's discussed. The subject. And the reason I believe that is, is because it's the most dangerous in the body of Christ. Deception. It's the most dangerous in the body. It's a dangerous subject. It's a danger in the body of Christ. And I want you to understand this. Deception is so dangerous that it disrupted heaven and also humanity. Deception. That's why I believe that, that God made it where He talked about it so much. Because that is what disrupted heaven and all of humanity. Deception. Follow me. Now, deception comes from a Greek word that is called planeo. Planeo. Which means to be taken away, taken out of the way, or moved out of position, or to be removed from truth. I'll say it again. Deception in the Greek is paleo, planeo, which means to be taken out of the way, moved out of position, or to be removed from truth. And deception accompanies two things, two other things. It accompanies perversion, and it also accompanies the power of persuasion, or the power of suggestion. That's better. It accompanies perversion and the power of suggestion. Now, if you will, go to Genesis chapter 3. Meet me over there in Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to see because the power of suggestion, if we go back to the beginning of creation with the fall of man, we'll see that Satan came to Eve with the power of suggestion. With the power of suggestion. In Genesis chapter 3 beginning at verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea. Or let's put it in layman's turn. Really have God said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. Listen, listen what he's saying. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall we touch it, lest we die. And the serpent said unto the woman, hmm, You shall not surely die. For God knows this one thing, that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. What do I mean by power of suggestion? I mean to make reality 
out of ideas that are presented to you. I said to make reality out of ideas that are presented to you. The first thing that the enemy does when he comes to deceive the believer, what he came to do in the garden from the beginning, and he has no new tricks, he don't have to have any no, it worked in the garden and it's working today. The first thing that the enemy does when he comes to deceive you, if you can remember the conversation that he had with Eve right here, he comes first to see how much you know. That's the first thing. So you need to be aware. He's going to come. He want to see, first of all, how much do you know? He questioned her by asking her, have not God said? Basically, what he was telling her was, I want to now, through the power of suggestion, bring God's integrity into question. That's all I want to do. See, I want to know what you know. So, what did God really say? I want to bring God's integrity into question. The first thing that he did was find out how much she knew. Then after that, he found out, I know now what you know. Now I need to find out what you actually believe. By the offering of offering her the power of suggestion. See, he started conversating with her. That's the first thing the enemy's gonna do. He's gonna do it with the power of suggestion, but he's gonna keep conversation. Because he's got to find out what you know and then what you believe, because those are two different things. Two different things. He began to make the ideas a reality that was being presented to her. He's like, I, I, the power suggestion is there. No, well, you know, he's only saying that because if you really do eat of it, you're going to know, you're going to be like him. You're going to know the good and evil. You're going to start making a reality of the ideas he was presenting to her. Also, the word deception means to pervert. And the word pervert means to twist or change from its original form. And that's the whole purpose of Satan is to deceive. There's no other purpose that he has for your life. I don't care what he's promised you. I don't care how far you think you can get. His main purpose is to deceive. And the reason why we should be aware of deception is because the Bible says that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. He said, I want you to be careful. Now remember, keep in the forefront. God is preparing us for something. He said, this is important that you establish now. What's coming, you won't be deceived. He said they are waxing worse and worse. And they are deceiving and they themselves are deceived. 
This is how Satan destroyed the unity in heaven. It was the purpose, his whole purpose. And, and you can find it in Ezekiel. Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. Now I had it marked. I like to have my stuff marked off, but I guess I... Ezekiel 28. Go over there with me. Now, it, 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 I, I, I want to lay this foundation so that... You know what? Let me put on my glasses. And then I can... In Ezekiel 28... Now, the way he destroyed heaven, or destroyed the unity in heaven, was for this purpose. Was for this purpose. Now, in 28, beginning at verse 4, it says, With thy wisdom, talking about Lucifer at the time, and with thine understanding, thou hast gotten the riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasures by thy great wisdom and by thy traffic. Mark that word traffic. In, and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Look at verse 18. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities. By the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Listen to me closely. Satan went about trafficking or trading. It's the same, it's the same word that we use today for campaign. Trafficking. Trading. It's the same thing that they use in a time of elections. In the election period. It means campaign. It means to smear or to bring someone's integrity into question. Trafficking. That's the reason why when there is an election taking place, they use the same method that Satan used. Trafficking or trading. And the reason why they use the same method that the enemy used is because this is his system. This is not God's system. So they use the same method. It's the same word. That word trafficking is the same word we use for campaigning. I gotta smear their integrity. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. Are you with me? It means to bring up dirt, to smear another person's personality or integrity in order to gain favor through opposition. Satan deceived the third of the angelic hosts by trafficking. He deceived them by bringing God's character into question. That is how he deceived. How you say, how can you deceive a whole host of angels, a third of heaven? By trafficking. 
by just what He did in the garden. He came and He said different things. Ideas. He presented them as reality. And and a third of heaven got on board. Even though, see, it doesn't matter that God created the angels and they knew who God was. It was someone in the midst that started trafficking, started campaigning, started making, bringing, bringing the integrity into question. And God, being the God that He is, He's not going to make you believe it. you got to stand your ground. A third of the angelic hosts. The whole purpose of deception, let's go back to the beginning in the garden. Now, if you look up the word Eden, I looked up the word Eden in the Hebrew, and it means presence. The word Eden means presence. The whole purpose of deception is to remove you out of the presence of God. And that word eaten, that's what that word eaten means, presence. This is the, I believe in my heart, in just revelation, in, in studying this out, I believe in my heart, this is why you cannot find the Garden of Eden here on earth today, because they were is, was in His presence. In His presence. Going back to that Greek word, planeo, it means to be moved out of the way or to be moved out of position. That Satan's whole purpose is to move God's people out of position, out of the way. That's what he did in the garden. That's what he's doing in society. And that's what he's doing in the church. In the church. I gotta move them out of position and out of the way. That's how he gets people to jump from church to church and keep them offended. He gives them an idea and make it a reality and there he moves them out of place. They think it's their idea, but all along it's deception that have taken place and moved you out of the way and out of position. That's his whole purpose. And also in the Hebrew, the word deception means to mystify. That's interesting. To mystify. Or leave in a place of confusion. Or to be perplexed. Oh my God. The enemy brings deception also to divide the body of Christ. And I know possibly you have, and I know I've wondered from time to time, and I've asked God, why is there so much division and deception among your people? Because it's among the people of God. And we all said, I mean, I mean, that's why we have all different denominations. And that's why we have confusion and mess in churches and all the good. Why, God, why is it always division? Now, I'm going to give you an example of the Jewish tradition. 
and tie it in so you can get an understanding. A Jewish custom When I ask God why the people of God can't hear him in this time, and why is God's people so deceived? Why are they so deceived? Now, if you look at the Jewish custom, I want you to understand this. And you can look in the book of John chapter 8, verse 35. Just write it down. You can go look at it. It says that the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son does. I'll say it again. It's in John chapter 8, verse 35. The servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son does. Well, pastor, what does this have to do with deception? Let me explain this to you. In the Jewish home, they had servants. And when they would sit to eat, well, you know, in the Jewish home, the men would all sit around. The men, they would, they would eat and the women would, would even, even in, their, in, in the way they worshipped or what, whatever, their custom. And in the, in the Jewish home, they had servants there that waited on them for different things. But whenever the father wanted to talk something out or tell the son something, he always made the servant leave. He had to go. If it was something that he wanted in particular to talk to the son about or tell the son, the servant had to leave. Follow me on this. And he would put him out. And the reason why this was is because with the servant, he had a relationship, but with his son, he had fellowship. There's a difference. With the servant, he had a relationship because he was a servant in his house. But he didn't have fellowship with him. So when it came down to things that mattered and things that was important and things that need to be discussed about the house, about the situation, whatever was going on, then he always spoke, spoke to the son alone. Why? Because he had fellowship with the son. But only a relationship with the servant. So when I ask God, why come his people won't hear what he said? He said, many Alva, many of my people have a relationship with me, but do not have fellowship with me. So my understanding, God says, Father, now I see why you can teach your brains out and some never get it because they don't have fellowship. They only have a relationship. So you can't get a clear understanding of what God is saying about things that he's talking about because you don't have a fellowship with him. I think I can... Put it where you can understand it. Maybe you've made him Savior, but you have not made him Lord. You have not made him Lord. So God said, because they don't have fellowship with me, they're not privileged to hear the information that I'm giving you. They don't have the privilege. When the master wanted to speak to the son, he would put the servant out of the house. 
to speak privileged things that only the Son is able to hear. That's why you can sit and discuss some things that you know God is giving and you talking to somebody and they are all of you like, how did they get that from that? Just know, it's a relationship versus fellowship. Hmm, what a good God. No fellowship. The Bible tells us that God's secrets are with those who fear Him. And he'll reveal to them his covenant. When you fear him, you have a fellowship with him. Remember, Paul said he didn't shun to give you all the counsel of God. But he ceased not to warn you with tears. That grievous wolves will rise up among you. Sparing not the flock. And that word grievous means greedy. We have these greedy wolves that are in the midst. Now that's in the body of Christ as a whole, but, but we have those in our church. In our local churches. This is why it's so important that you walk in discernment. This is why it's so important to walk in discernment. And discernment is going to be key in these last days. Discernment is going to be key in God's next move. That way you'll be able to know the voice of God from the voice of the Antichrist. Through discernment, you'll know the voice of God versus the voice of the Antichrist. See, because it's the Antichrist spirit that's moving in the midst of the world system. Even as we speak. And the majority of mankind, even the church, is being deceived. And it has crept into the house of God. Deception. Amongst God's people. It's crept in. Now, this is what you need to understand. How did it creep in? Anything that divides the house of God is of demonic origin. Anything that comes in and... Anyone, any person, anything that comes in and divides the house of God, make their animosity, make their strain in the house of God, it is of demonic origin. Demonic activity is in play. Right now, God's people should not be arguing about Democrats and Republicans. Now, you should vote, but you don't have to argue about it. You ought to vote. You should vote. But you don't have to argue about it. God's people, I said God's people, the ones that are in fellowship with Him, those that are in relationship with Him, that should be in fellowship with Him, you should not be arguing about the Republicans and the Democrats. 
We're not here to traffic. To trade. This is the thing. Jesus said, a kingdom divided will not stand. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So why should we, as children of God, put our faith in a divided nation? When Jesus has already told us. See, I just shouldn't even vote. No, no, no. I said put your faith in it. You should vote. You're supposed to vote. But why would you put your faith in a divided nation when Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself will not stand? I don't care who's in office. Why should we be divided, listen, over a system that's not even ours? We have to think on that. Why should we be divided over a system that's not even ours? The reason that is, is because the Antichrist has crept into the house of God. Divided God and his people. It puts me in the same mind of the children of Israel when they were begging the prophet Samuel for a king. See, put you in that mindset. And Samuel was kind of offended because they were, and they said, no, we want to be like other nations. We want a king like the other nations. And God said, Samuel got kind of upset and kind of offended. And God said, uh uh uh, Samuel. You know, they're not messed up and offended with you, they're messed up and offended with me. And Samuel couldn't understand how could you all want a man, a mere man, when the sovereign God has kept you all this time. Protected you all this time. God said, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And guess what? I'm going to give them just what they ask. I'm going to give them just what they're asking for. Do you know the Bible says that sin is a reproach of any people. Righteousness exalts a nation. But we got saints trusting, trusting, we have saints trusting in sinners to make a better way for the people of God. Why are you trusting in that? Why would you trust in that? They're going to make a way. They're going to make sure this. They're going to make sure that. Listen, my trust is in God. A sinner cannot do that for me. But why is God's people putting all their trust in who's in office or in sinners they're going to make a better way for me 
Can you see this deception in this? You ought to be able to see. A, you, ought, you know what? You ought to be able to see it. Those that are in fellowship, you ought to see it clearly. Those of you in a relationship, you're foggy, but you'll get there. You just get a little information. Why those that are in fellowship will get revelation. Satan always remember this. Satan is going to always make things to appear better than what God is presenting. Always. He's going to always make things look better. Oh, yeah, but, you know, this is that and that's that. And God is saying, no, this is what I want. Oh, but no, no, but that's this. The enemy is going to always make things look better than what God is presenting. That's why the children of Israel murmured and complained while they were in the wilderness, saying, we hate this bread. We hate this bread. What the God is providing for us. We hate it. We loathe this bread. See, always don't want what God is giving. And it's just like today. Let's, let's coincide that with today. It's the same thing today that the children of Israel did. They murmured. They complained. We don't want this low bread. They, we, the church wants the same thing that they wanted. They said, God, we don't want no bread. We want flesh. That's what the world, that's what the church want now. God, we want flesh. We're crying out for the same thing. Deception. Give us flesh to eat. We always hate what God is providing. Always thinking that where you came from and what you used to do is better. You want to go back to it. Oh, and I remember when I was in there, I did better. Always. Not understanding this one thing. That God was proving you all along. He's proving you all along. He's proving you. He was proving them before they could go into the promised land. And they didn't get it. He's proving you now. Before his next move. He's proving you now. Don't be deceived. Do not let the voice of the enemy distract you. No matter what you're going through in the wilderness. Whatever wilderness experience you're going through right now. Don't let it deceive you. Don't let it get you all focused. Don't let it pull you away. Don't let it take you where you don't need to go. Don't want to go. Because God is proving you. Why? To bring you to your promise. He has to prove you to bring you to your promise. That's what he did with Israel. He's like, I have to prove you to bring you to the promised land. Now he's telling the church, I'm proving you so I can bring you to the promise. But right now you have to appreciate what God is providing even now. Before the promise is manifested. i got to appreciate it. 
Deception is the most powerful weapon used by Satan. The Bible said that if this gospel is hidden, it is hidden from them that are lost, whom the God of this world have blinded their minds to them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel would shine into their hearts. Listen, Satan's whole plot is to deceive mankind. And in my research, I found this one thing. I said, oh my God, I found deception 67 times. And now I understand it is the reason why Jesus said, let no man deceive you. And he would not have made this exhortation if deception was not possible. He said, don't let them deceive you. He would not have said that if it was not if it was impossible to be deceived. And this is the part, sad part. The worst part of deception is self-deception. Self-deception. And right now, if you believe that you cannot be deceived, you're already deceived. You're already deceived. One of the greatest deceptions that I see taking place. You know, the Bible says, exalt one another daily. Daily, while it is called day. Lest your heart become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Oh God, exalt one another. Lest your heart becomes hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The enemy has God's people believing that they can... See, I'm going to show you how deception is. And it's so common. I'm not even talking about it with sin. I'm talking about it with God's people. This is how the devil has, has God's people deceived. He has them believing that they can sin and still live. The Bible tells you what sin does. But he got them, have them believe that you can sin. Let's put it this way. That you can practice sin and still live. Think about it. It's the same deception that took place in the Garden of Eden. Satan deceived mankind into believing that they could disobey God and still live. And still live. And he's still doing that today. And I'm asking God again, why are the people of God so deceived? And what's God, Father, why? And the book of Jeremiah gives the answer. It's because they love it. They love to have it so. They buy into it. It's something they want to hear. They embrace deception. That's why you see them pack churches with deception. And they pack, they run from conference to conference. They, they, they love, they want, they embrace deception. Even in our local churches. 
people get in your ear. See, I'm not, see, we talk about the church as a whole, but let's talk about the local church and how people get in your ear in the congregation. Give you an idea and make it a reality to you. And all of a sudden, there's a division. All you need is someone's ear. And they start, and then all of a sudden, you start trafficking through the church. Trafficking through the church. And now there's division all in the church, and everybody's in there lifting up their hands. You brought someone's integrity into question. Whenever you do that, that is demonic, demonic in origin. And it's through, it's, it's, it's prevalent in churches all over the planet. But let's just deal with Church of the Living Water because that's who we are. How many times have I found in Pastor said, when somebody come and start telling you and talking to you about the rebuke them. But you want to hear it. Because you love it so. You want it so. You embrace it. You think it's the person, but it's deception. Because that's the enemy's main purpose, is just to deceive. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're sucking there. I hope that you are understanding this is all for the purpose of what's coming next in preparation. You had better not reject this at this time. You've rejected it enough. See, you even deceived to think that you're not deceived. And God is telling you you've been deceived. Why? Because you don't have fellowship with Him, you just have a relationship. The Bible tells us you embrace it. And God said, you know what? For those people that embrace that, I'm going to send a strong delusion for them. They want to embrace that. You know, I'm going to send a strong delusion that they're going to embrace the lie. I don't want to be in that group. I'm God. God said, why? Because they won't hear the truth. They have an excuse for any truth that's given. They have an excuse. They always have something to say about the man, the woman of God, or whoever's, whoever's ministry. If it's not what they want to hear, God said, those people, I'm going to send a strong delusion so that they'll embrace the lie. Why? Because they have not loved the truth that they might be saved from their way of thinking. Deception, again, to take you out of the way. To move you out of position. To take you out of the very presence and the will of God. That is his sole purpose. Get you out The Bible says, let no man deceive you with vain words. 
For this cause, the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. God said, why are you getting all excited about big swollen words and vain words and deception that's not lining up with my word? It's just itching ears what you want to hear. This ministry is not for you if you want to just think that it's going to deal with what you want to hear. I want you to understand that deception is real. And one of the things that false prophets and false teachers do, and one of the signs to know when you're being deceived is when these prophets, these teachers, are the people in your local congregation draw you to depend on them and not God. See, when you start depending on people... I don't care who it is. And, and see, we think, well, I'm not dependent on... Let me tell you, when you reject the Word of God and you go into what somebody have given you, the power of suggestion, you've rejected the Word of God. You are already deceived. You're in disobedience. You're in disobedience. It's real. Now, whether you believe it or not, you depend on them. You don't depend on God. They've drawn you away from God. They got in your ear and drew you away from God. Now you depend on them. Now you're asking them. Now you want to know what they're saying. And deception is big in that way. You have to be able to discern that. But when you don't have fellowship, you can't. You don't see it. You know, Paul said in Acts 20 and 30, go, go over to Acts 20 and 30. Acts 20 and 30. See, I'm going to show you how they draw you away. In Acts 20 and 30, it says, Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after themselves, after them. Now, flip over to 3 John. Oh, my God. Third John. See, you're gonna they're gonna draw you away. I'm showing you the type of men that you need to stay away from. Are you in third John? Verse nine. It says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, received us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against me. That word prating means foolishly and tenaciously, or, or, or uh, tediously. They, it's going on and on and on. Foolish talk against us with malicious words. Mm. 
and not content therein. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren. He's not even in right standing with it. He's not receiving anybody that's walking with God. Mm. And would, uh, and would forbid them that would and cast them out of the church. I'm telling you, be like, I don't see how you can believe that. See, that's forbidden. I don't want you to get it. Oh, I think we should go to another church. Oh, I, see, forbidden. I want to cast you out. Those are the type of people. These people, listen, these people are dangerous. In and out of the church. Think about it. This man that they was describing, he won't receive anybody. Not any of the people of God, only himself. It's just us. And this is what he would do to others that received people of truth. He wanted them not to. These people are dangerous. Why? Because they pervert the way of truth. Listen, all of this God said you had better get down. You're going to need it. They pervert you from hearing the true word of God. And then they start telling you that, that what truth is. Now that's a hate speech. They're talking about me. Oh, no, uh-uh. I don't believe, I don't believe everything they say. Well, you ought not believe anything I say, but when God They always in your ear. Mm, no, that ain't that ain't that ain't godly. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You call chastisement hate speech. And I posted this on my page. Chastisement is God removing a defect. Why would you be offended? That's all he's doing is removing a defect when he chastises you. And then you get offended by it. You ought to be thankful that he's counting you a child to remove the defect. They're not speaking in love. They're controlling. Mm -mm. Uh, They're not operating in grace. And you know what hyper grace can pretty much do what you want to with the grace of God to cover you. What the deceived people are thinking. Why? Because the Bible says in latter times people will depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. See, we think it's somebody out there with some horns or somebody that... No, no, I'm dealing with inside the church. Inside the church. So you can play with it all you want to, but the deception is real. You can mess around with it all you want to and, and, and play words with it all you want to, but deception is real. God said in latter times, this is that. You're going to be seduced by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. See, we think when he say doctrines of devils that you're talking about sinners. No, there's people that are saved that give you doctrines of devils. They only want to hear people that are speaking things that they want to hear. 
Well, you're in the wrong ministry. We're never going to just speak what you want to hear. I want you to get this down. It's so important that you get this down. This is not a game. Deception is real. Deceiving and being deceived. And I want you to know, if you have people in your life that's only telling you the things that, you, that make you feel good or things you want to hear, I'm going to tell you right now, you have the wrong friends in your life. I don't like fooling with them. They're always, you know, negative. No, no. You know what? Telling you the truth is not negative. Telling you what you want to hear is negative. Because if people are telling you all you want to hear, you're not hearing what you need to know. You're not hearing what you need to know. Everybody said with me, deception is real. You need to say that out loud at home. Deception is real. And if you think that you cannot be deceived, you're already deceived. This is the, another dangerous thing about deception. When you are deceived, this is dangerous. The fact of the matter is, you don't know it. Oh, that's the sad part. You really don't know it. You know, sometimes I look at people and I be thinking, I'm looking at them thinking, you are so deceived. And they don't even know it. That's the danger of deception. You can be deceived and don't even know it. If you're not in fellowship with God, how can you? God can't even give you privileged information so that you can't. God can't even put the gift of discernment on you so you can discern that you've been deceived. Because you're not in fellowship. Now that hurts my heart. Blindness. You know, there could be a spiritual blindness and a natural blindness. But one thing about it, natural blindness, at least you know. You know it. You're just naturally blind. But with spiritual blindness, you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. I pray that the Lord helps the body of Christ. Help the body of Christ. Because we are in crisis. We're in crisis with what's going on in our nation. We're in crisis in our finances. We're in crisis in our family. We're in crisis at our jobs. We're in crisis everywhere. And God is saying, don't be deceived. I talk to people and I listen to them and I'm I'm thinking to myself, oh, how deceived you are. And you don't know it. And let me tell you what a person deceived does. They will talk so much they make themselves believe that it's okay. That's called blind. You cannot see it. 
And one of the, another way, they take everything from the spiritual and put it in the natural. Why? Because I have no fellowship with God to have the revelation. I only have information. So I can quote something, but I have no revelation of it. So I'm never impressed with people writing scriptures down and saying this. I want to know, I want to see your lifestyle, and I want to see if you know how to discern. One way you can know how to discern, I watch who you hang with. That tells me everything I need to know. Who you associate with. That's one way. My prayer is this for God's people. That you will not see the people of God that he sent to you to minister to you as an attack on, on you. Because they rebuke you or they give you what God says and it's against what you want or what you think. You have to not see it as an attack on your character, on any of those things. That's my prayer. God, let them, let them not see this as an attack, but let them see this as help. Everything that I'm saying up here this morning is for your good. If you're convicted, change. Repent and change. If you're almost there but you're missing, God has given you something that you can see, that you can understand, that you can look at and say, oh, I discern that's that. I've been deceived. It's, it amazes me how quickly somebody can deceive someone. And I'm thinking to myself, can't you see that? It's clear to me. But see, the church as a whole has been deceived so long. So long. And we've been fighting among ourselves so long. And the enemy's been winning. And we come to church day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And the enemy's winning in churches everywhere. Let me give you this nugget, and and I don't want you to forget it because you need to hold this. You need to hold this. It's going to sound strange, but you need to hold this. We all can learn something from Satan's kingdom. Did you hear me? We all can learn something from Satan's kingdom. And you know what we can learn from his kingdom? Jesus said it himself. Satan's kingdom is not divided. They're on one accord. They have one purpose. They're not fighting with each other. They know what they're going to do and they're doing nothing else. The church is everywhere. We're divided on every ounce. Every... Satan's kingdom is not divided. That's why he's winning. Every fallen angel, every demonic activity, it's one purpose and one purpose only. 
That's it. We can learn from that. We must be on one accord. How many times has God told us? We must be on one accord. No one divided. Well, I think this way. I don't know the way they think, but you know, I mean, we go to church together. I love them and everything, but we got, when it comes to spiritual things, we must be on one accord. This thing in Satan's kingdom, it's a spiritual transaction that's happening. And they are on one accord. Did you hear me? They are on one accord. Church, we need to learn this one thing. Some battles, you need to just learn to walk away. Some battles you just have to walk away. Understand this and please write it down. Anything that you're fighting, anything that you are fighting, you bring to your level. Did you hear me? You better get this. Some battles you need to just walk away from. Because if you are fighting it, you have just brought it to your level. Majoring on majors is the secret of effectiveness. The major is Jesus. That's the secret of effectiveness. Instead of bringing that, oh no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. Listen, God didn't tell us to fight like God said. I want you to fight the fight of faith. Everything else, you fight. Yeah, I've been fighting with that. Listen, you just brought it to your level. You can't win. You won't win. No matter what you do. Listen, a man, any man, man or woman, when I say man, I'm talking about mankind because we got carnal people in there like, well, see, they're talking about just the male. I'll let you know when we're just talking about the male, the male factor. But a man that is a pattern, whether a man or a woman, that is a pattern, listen, knows, they know when things are not right. But a man has to have a pattern to know that. He knows when things are just not right. And God said, you know what, Alvar? This generation need extractors. They need extractors that will extract that nonsense, that nonsense from the faith and not just, and I'm not talking about just preachers. We need extractors. We need those that are solid, that are rebuilt, that extract that garbage, that junk, that nonsense. Extractors are not diplomats. They're not ego massagers. I'm going to massage your ego and I'm going to make sure I say this to make you feel good. Uh Uh-uh. A extractors say it like it is. They put it down just like this. They're straightforward. If you're going to be an extractor, be straightforward. Just be straightforward. Did you hear me? Don't compromise God's standard. 
Don't do it. Listen, whenever you compromise God's standard, you have just given the devil raw materials to stand on and destroy you. You gave it to him. Don't let him. You laid it out for him. I've compromised the standard and now he is on your, he's on your neck. Standing on you to destroy you. Because you wouldn't keep the standard of God. You have to understand what the word of the Lord is like. The word of the Lord is the transport. It's a transport facility pushing you in or, or going into the realm of the spirit. And bringing it right to you so it can get into your heart. It's the, let me, it's the, it's the sound of the things of God getting down in your heart. Who get this? The power of God travels through sound. Right into your heart. Travels. Right to the throne of your heart. I said that God is a transport facility. And it's in the realm of the spirit. This is a spiritual transaction that carries things from the heavenlies. Bringing them down so that they can be transformed. And, and it, uh, bringing them out of eternity. Into time where we are. Planting them in your heart. Be diligent about what goes in your heart. God, do you know God names us according to our prophetic function on the earth? That's why we're called Church of the Living Water. Church of the Living Water. God names us according to the prophetic function that He has for us on this planet. And when God brings a man or woman to stand in his presence to minister, he touches people and changes things around them for their favor. What a good God. What an excellent God. What a mighty God. You ought to be thankful. Even Jesus said, a kingdom divided is not going to stand. Jesus said, Satan's kingdom is not divided. Why would we be divided? Satan's kingdom is not fighting. Satan's kingdom, all of his kingdom and him, their whole purpose is to deceive. That's why it's talked about so much. He said, be God's Jesus said, be careful that no man deceive you. Because in the latter days, that's what's going to happen. You know, in looking at the times that we're in and things that are happening today and things that are happening in the churches and 
what the churches are talking about, I'm going to tell you something. In my heart, I the only reason why I believe, I never would believe that the church could make it. If God, if Jesus wouldn't have said this one thing. That's the only thing that secures me to know that the church will make it. Is that he said this one thing. If he would not have said that, with everything that's going on in the church, in the nation, in the body of Christ, in our lives, in our personal lives, I would say, God, we're not going to make it. But he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Because of that statement, I stand firm. Because he's not a man that he should lie. He won't lie. He said they will not prevail. But you better see and understand when deception is there and when it's near and when you can hear it. You better make, get in fellowship with God so that you will know. I thank God that He made that promise. That the gates of hell shall not prevail. I thank God that we're in fellowship. This ministry is in fellowship with God. We want to seek God's face. We don't get caught up. I told you, if you're immature, you won't be able to even understand how immature you are until you become mature. And let me tell you, you don't become mature by a whole bunch of words that you're saying. Just the fact that you can say, oh, I was so immature. I was so foolish. I can look back on my life of decisions and things that I've made. I can say, oh God, I was so immature. I can't believe I thought that way. I can't believe I... Because why I matured. God's word is sure. We are people that God wants to use that God wants to make a difference in, that God wants to push to the forefront. He said, do not be deceived. Deception, church, is real. It's real. We cannot be divided, and especially not now. And even more so with God's next move. We have to be on one accord. In one place. In one mind. You have to get your affairs in order. You have to get your children in order. God said even some of them, they, they, they just ignore things that they know their children are into. And you won't say anything. God's like, because they don't have fellowship with me. Let me tell you, when you have fellowship with God, it doesn't matter how your children take it. You're going to See, that's one thing. Don't don't think it's just adulthood. Children can deceive you. Those little darling lovelies and you think that's babies and not no. It's born in them. They will deceive you what? With the power of suggestion. Don't forget that. 
And you'd be like, oh, well, I thought that they were... No, that was the power suggestion they gave you. And you bit. Filter everything within the fellowship of God. Don't just take it that these are my children. I'm gonna, let me, they can deceive you knowingly and unknowingly. Most of the time it's knowingly. They tell parents what they want to hear. To deceive. Like Minister Hastings said this morning, said, oh, well, we're not doing anything. That's to deceive. Doing it all alone. Well, we, we're not doing anything. We're going to... No, that's called deception. But you'll always get it on the back end. But you don't have to. Some things are set in this, on this course. And it's not, nothing is going to disappear. And, and if you notice, you go over and you look at when, when, when the devil did the same thing with Jesus that he did in the garden. He came with the power of suggestion. On everything, tell these rocks to be turned into bread. Joe, I took him to the pinnacle and I showed him everything. I'll give this to you. But notice the difference between Eve and Jesus. He always came back with the word. Why? Because he was in fellowship. When you're in fellowship, you're going to come back with the word. You're not coming back with listening to it. I'm going to come back with the word. I don't care if my children think, oh, everything's about the Word. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Everything's about the Word. That's the way I keep myself from being deceived. Because you ask me, am I going to believe you or God? I'll tell you up front. It's God. All the time. So if God shows me something about you because I have discernment, my discernment is more powerful than your lying mouth. I don't care what you're saying. I have discernment. God has shown me and that's what I'm going to act on. That's the that's called fellowship. You're not guessing. I wonder what they're doing. You don't have to do that. You got the Holy One living on the inside of you that'll lead you and guide you and direct you and show you. You got the gift of discernment that God, I don't want to miss nothing. I want to see everything. Let me know. So when they come with the lie, I can break it down because I'm going to believe you, God. But most of the parents are saying, well, I don't want to believe that. Well, I don't know. I, well, I don't really know where, you know, I just think this. No, you've been deceived. He'll tell you clearly. You will discern. And you know what it do? It'll shock the children. How did they know that? Oh my God. How did they know that? Because see, nothing. Where can you go and what can you do that God is not? And if I'm in fellowship with Him and He's concerned about every area of my life, and he's making sure that he is paying attention to everything that I need. He is going to give me discernment. It's going to be something about you say, oh, no, there it is. There it is right there. A conversation will go for See, it's not going to be anything magical. It'll be in a conversation. 
It'll be in a place. You just happen to show up. Children don't want their parents to have discernment, but we should be walking in it. Don't let them deceive you. Let the box, see, when, when God said, let no man deceive you, He didn't mean, He didn't say, does this have nothing to do with your children? Just, uh, no. Any man, your children is a man. See, what changed that scripture said, let no mankind deceive you. I want discernment. I, I, that's my prayer. After doing this study on this, my prayer is I'm praying for you. I may not see you. I'm praying for every parent in this ministry that have discernment. To have discernment. Father, give them discernment that they will know. That they'll trust your word. See, when God gives you discernment, you got to trust him. you got to trust him over every loved one. I trust God's discernment over every lover. I don't care what you say. You're not going to make God a liar. And I'm not hearing it. Trust in it. And I'm closing with this. In and out of seasons, wall builders, just keep building. Grab these truths that's on Wednesday, on Sunday morning, on family life, in every area. Grab it so we can keep building. Don't come off the wall. And this is the key, consistency. This is what's going to get you out of debt. This is going to get you to save. This is going to get you to be able to discern. Consistency is key if you don't lose focus. If you don't lose focus, God said, tell them everything they've ever imagined to become is within their reach. Everything that they could imagine, that they've ever imagined, is within your reach. But they have to keep their eyes on the prize. you got to keep it there. Focus! Focus! But also remember... Always remember, you have an enemy. And no matter how good the word is, and no matter what God says, he is, his kingdom is not divided, and he's coming after. He, as a matter of fact, he's coming to get this word that you just got today, before it take root. You gotta get all of the stuff off of your ground, don't let him take it. So now, you got this truth. You got three days before Wednesday to get another truth. You got to own this now. Own it. Don't let anyone take it. So you won't be deceived. Things are coming upon this world. We might be separated from each other. But we're not separated from truth. And it'll keep you. Whether you see me or you see one of the other brothers or not, truth will sustain you and keep you and give you discernment on what to do, when to do, and how to do. 
We're not trusting in sinners. We're trusting in the Word of God. We're doing what we're supposed to do in the natural. But my trust is in the name of the Lord. I won't confuse the two. I won't be deceived to confuse the two. I won't try to water the Word down with a natural truth to try to water down the spiritual reality and truth. I will not take the power of suggestion. I will not let anybody make reality of an idea they give me. I will not be moved away. I will not be taken out of the presence of God. See, we're looking for a literal garden, but Eden means presence. They were removed out of the presence of God. They were removed out of the position of God. That's what you don't want. I will not be moved. I'm anchored in you, God. I will not be moved. I will not be deceived. I will not stand here and be deceived and not know it. Because God will show you clearly. God is not a man that he should lie. But God is saying, if you would believe, and if you'd stay focused, everything that you imagined is within your reach. Work it out. You can work it out. Work it out. Perceive it, conceive it, and then work it out. Perceive it, conceive it. I'm telling you, own it. If you conceive it, you own it. And then work it out. Day by day. Moment by moment. Your prayer. I'm praying for you that you have the discernment. That you have the gift of discernment. You need to pray that, Father, if I'm deceived in any area, reveal it to me. Because I'm praying that you will have discernment. That you will not miss a beat. I'm praying for your children. That whatever influence they own, they will not be deceived. They will be covered. Because you can discern in every area. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.